What's up, Warriors? Guy Beverage with Protectors Toolkit. Christian safety and security made simple. I'm so glad you're here tonight for our special broadcast of respect of time and distance and crisis response. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to just talk to you real quick about Proverbs 18:15, and it says this: the heart acquire the intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. In the easy-to-read version of the Bible, it says it this way. Wise people want to learn more, so they listen closely to gain knowledge. And that's what we're really all about here at Protectors Toolkit. Whether you're building, developing, or leading your church safety and security ministry teams, we're here to make it simple for you. Join us over at protectorstoolkit.com, where you can see all those and more videos just like this as we take you through every step where you want to be to go from good to great in church safety and security. So tonight, I am going to talk about the importance of respecting time and distance in responding or reacting to crisis. Now, I do call you all warriors, and I want, to under, I want you all to understand why I call you warriors, because early on in the Bible, it tells me this, the Lord is a warrior and the Lord is his name. And you men and women that are on the front lines of your church, making sure that you have a safe and secure worship environment for everybody that's coming to get some comfort, refuge, worship, and learning, you are true warriors. And I thank you for that. I thank you for joining us here at Protectors Toolkit. Uh, tonight. If you haven't liked our page yet, please make sure you like our page before you get out of here and make sure you share this far and wide. If this blesses you tonight, make sure you bless somebody else with it. That's what we're meant to be doing as Christians. So let me jump into this real quick. I want to share with you some of the uh, statistics that come from the FBI, specifically out of the FBI's law enforcement officers killed and assaulted program. And I think you'll see quickly why time and distance are very important. Over a 10-year period between 2005 and 2014, over 62% of officers murdered were with firearms. They were shot within zero to 10 feet of the suspect. Going a little bit deeper of those incidents right there, of those 62, 44% of those included events where officers were killed zero to five feet from the offender. So again, time and distance being very important. In the 30 year span between 1985 and 2014, again, from the FBI statistics, officers were shot approximately over half the time within a distance of zero to five feet. So what, as a church protector, what can we learn from that? When we're dealing with crisis, we're dealing with people in crisis, we're dealing with actual crisis, whether it's a fire or something like that, we're dealing with an active shooter within our building. We have to understand that maintaining a greater distance between the subject and what's ha or what's happening proves critical in preventing assaults or felonious deaths. I want to put it to you this way. Your respect or lack of respect for time and distance will determine your success or failure in your crisis. Let me say that again for you, protectors. Your respect or lack of respect for time and distance in your crisis will determine your success or your failure in that crisis. So understand that. What else can we learn from this? Well, to minimize those dangers that are associated with being so close, we should understand and maintain a greater distance between ourselves and a suspect when necessary. We take greater precautions, we take cover if possible, and we call for backup whenever possible or whenever we can. We have a show of force in those situations. And tonight I'm gonna to talk about, uh, in, go more in depth on this. I'm also gonna talk about the reactionary gap that we should all have and establish within ourselves as, as an understanding. And I'm gonna talk some about the OODA loop as well because I think it factors in very well in this. I need you to understand this, as the distance between the, you and what's going on, is the distance between you and the crisis, whether it's a person or a thing closes, the time for you to observe, evaluate, and effectively respond to that crisis also closes. And I'll say that again for you, warriors. As, as the distance between you and the crisis, as the distance between you and the crisis you're dealing with, whether it's a person or an actual crisis like a fire, as that distance closes, 
So does the time for you to observe, evaluate, and effectively respond to that crisis. So we need to pull back just a little bit. We need to understand that not running into it is the right thing to do. And I'll tell you why that, why that is. The old thought for us, especially in the law enforcement community, was to get up close and personal in someone's space. That meant that I own that situation, that I'm there to, to be overbearing. I'm there to overpower. This is my show of force. I'm not afraid to get close to you. But what that did for that for us and what it continues to do for us when you see these officers get way too close to people and they, they, don't, they have a, a bad feeling in their gut and they still approach a car without calling for backup and without waiting for time, over and over again, we're getting injured and we're getting killed because of that. And a church protector is no different. If we run headlong into something, if we get up close and personal with somebody that is an unknown adversary to us, then we may also find ourselves injured or injuring other people or even dying in these events. Up close and personal is, is not necessary anymore. Time and distance must be respected in everything we do when we're dealing with whatever crisis may be facing us at the time. Uh, what it does also, it narrows our situational awareness. It, it, when you get up close and personal with your crisis, it narrows your situational awareness. It narrows and puts blinders on everything else that's going on around you. So you may be dealing with one person right in front of you and focus intently on that. But what if there's more than one adversary? And what if that was just a distraction for you? We've got to remember to respect distance and we have time on our side when we're dealing with these things. If we have someone in our church that is in crisis, we suspect maybe that they are in crisis or we, spec, we suspect that they're not for us and they're actually against us, then that's when we start creating that distance by locking doors and partitioning off parts of the church and keeping, keeping them away from the flock. It's not our job to be aggressive towards that person. It is our job to protect the flock. We have people we can call 911 for that will engage with that person outside of the sanctuary and away from the flock. That's what we should be doing. But sometimes without having training like this and illustrating it this way, we may forget that. It may be our intent to be aggressive because we are the protector of the flock. And we do take that personal when someone wants to come visit harm upon us or our flock. So it's easy to get into that where we don't respect time and we don't respect distance. Listen, I can remember when I first learned to respect time and distance. When I was a young rookie police officer. I was finally allowed to drive. We got in our car. I'm going along. I got my Oakley sunglasses on. I got my high and tight. I look really good. And then we get our first hot call of the day. It's a house fire. Now I knew the only thing my field training officer really cared about was that we made it there before the fire department. So I was on task. Make it there before the fire department. Not too hard to do. They got to pause the Xbox, stop the barbecue and wake some people up, then zip up their boots and get all dressed. Not too hard to beat the fire department. No offense to America's greatest second responders out there. So I did. I made it there. I got to the house fire. Now, I had conflicting information the whole way there. There were people inside the residence that didn't get out. And, there, and then some people said, no, everybody was out. I didn't know either way. What I knew was when I pulled up in front of that house, basically almost in front of the house blocking fire department, uh, which was bad on my part. Again, I'm still a rookie uh, at this point. I burst out of the car as fast as possible, slapped that S on my chest like Superman, put the cape on, and bolted across the yard. Now, had I known about respecting time and distance, I may have glanced over my shoulder and seen my field training officer who was still at the car, did not move, stepped out only so he could get into the driver's side, uh, driver's side and move the car away from the actual fire uh, lane. But I didn't pay attention to time and distance. So I burst into the front door of the house. I made it about three feet into the front hallway and I immediately was overcome by smoke and heat 
and I fell down to my knees. Now I'm on all four. I've got mucus and slime coming out of places I didn't know it could come out of, and I'm choking and almost vomiting, and I have to crawl out of there like a wounded puppy to where the hose draggers can come over, pull me away, and give me a little bit of oxygen. A humiliating experience, to say the least. It could have ended up a lot worse, but now I learned a lesson about respecting time and distance. We don't run into fires. We let the uh, America's uh, greatest second responders do that for us. They'll come take care of that for us. So what can we do about this? How do we get better at understanding we don't need to get too close? Well, let's get, uh, let's get involved with our OODA loop. The OODA loop was invented by uh, Lieutenant Colonel John Boyd of the United States Air Force. Probably the only thing the Air Force ever uh, produced that was worth a darn. No offense, Air Force people, these are jokes. I actually have friends that had joined the Air Force. I don't know why, they bumped their head somewhere or their parents didn't like them, but I have friends that were actually in the Air Force, so no offense there. But Lieutenant uh, Colonel John Boyd de developed the OODA loop, but it wasn't in any briefings that, uh, that were large PowerPoints or anything like that. A lot of notes and a lot of like five-hour briefings and stuff like that, you had to extrapolate all this in information from, but the OODA loop was born out of dogfighting and plane fighting in the air, and essentially it's the observe, orient, decide, and act. And now it is an acronym that sounds really, really cool, especially if you use it on the range with some of your buddies and they never heard it before and you start talking about it. But let's go a little bit deeper on what the OODA loop actually is. The OODA loop is a learning system. It helps us learn. It helps us overcome crisis and conflict. It's a method for dealing with uncertainty. That's what it really is. And it helps us get ahead of our adversary, whatever the crisis is, whatever our adversary is, it can help us get ahead as long as we understand that it is a learning system and not just a fancy acronym. We have to dig a little bit deeper on these things. It is a strategy for winning head-to-head -head conflicts or contests uh, or competitions in war, in business, in your life. It doesn't matter how you apply it. The OODA loop can help you grapple with changing and challenging environments and have, can help you overcome those challenges and those changes in your environment. The one thing we have to understand about the OODA loop is this. It is predicated, it is built upon understanding that there is ambiguity. It is built upon ambiguity. This is what we have every day in every crisis. Ambiguity is in every crisis that we face, whether it's an active shooter or a crisis like a fire or a tornado or something like that, man-made or God-made, doesn't matter. There's ambiguity built into it because we don't have all the information. We will never have a complete and perfect picture of everything, that, all the moving parts in that crisis. So it's not something to be feared when we understand that that ambiguity comes along with it. In fact, we can start overcoming it so we can get faster into our OODA loop. The, uh, the, the, it's a, the best way to succeed with this is understanding that ambiguity is built in. When our circumstances change, we often fail to change ourselves. We, we fail to shift our perspective in what we do, and instead we continue with how we feel things should be going. Well, that's not what the OODA loop is all about. It's not about our feelings or how we feel that outcome should be. It's actually understanding there is some ambiguity and getting out of what is called normalcy bias quicker. Normalcy bias will let us pause. Normalcy bias will stop us in our tracks. Normalcy bias will make us deny things are happening. Denial is really a delay. And the longer we delay, the less likely a successful outcome is going to come for us. So we get into the OODA loop knowing there's ambiguity built into it. We understand that, that with that, there is a normalcy bias that we have to overcome quickly, get out of denial, and then we start observing, orienting, deciding, and acting. We must break the normalcy bias. Now, knowing what the OODA loop is all about, knowing the ambiguity is built into that, we also have to understand now because we have that, because we pulled back, we're now respecting time and distance, we have to understand there is something called a reactionary gap. Or when we're going to go into a crisis situation or deal with a person, 
that is a potential crisis, we have to have a reactionary gap built into this. Now, you may have heard of reactionary gap being the 21-foot rule. This is something that's thrown around uh, in the world of law enforcement, especially. The 21-foot rule is essentially uh, this. Don't let anybody with a knife get within 21 feet of you because they can quickly close that gap, be on top of you, damage and destroy and maybe kill you with that knife. Well, I would just submit to you this. 21 foot is a great number that we can maybe visualize and understand, but it is different for everybody. My 21 feet may be different than your 21, but it's not an actual 21 feet. It is, it is simply this. The reactionary gap is loosely defined as it's the minimum amount of space needed to ensure you can properly react to whatever threat you are facing. The minimum amount of space you need to properly successfully react to the crisis that you are facing at that time. So your reactionary gap, your 21-foot rule may be different than my 21-foot rule. So how far is that? Well, it's, it's got to be comfortable. It's got to be a comfortable reactionary gap. Uh, some people describe it as six feet. I just said 21 feet, you know, knives, stuff like that. Again, just remember it's different for every person. And it's built on a couple of different things. And I, I'm going to tell you how you can improve your reactionary gap or your reaction to the event or the crisis you're going uh, to be given. So your reaction, or let me just say this, action is always better than reaction. Action will always beat reaction. There's really nothing you can do in this to beat action. Action always trumps reaction. Reaction, well, because we start our counter, we start our movement to the action after it occurs. That's what drives us. That's what is the catalyst for us getting into action ourselves. So when we have the OODA loop, we know what that is, the observe, orient, decide, and act, and we know there's ambiguity built into that. Now we're putting our reactionary gap to that, that's why we start creating some things to help us in our reactionary gap so we can ease into our OODA loop process quicker and more quickly overcome the adversary or the crisis we're dealing with. That's why we have to stay situationally aware in everything that we do. If you're a protector of others, your job is to protect the flock. Make sure everybody that shows up to your church can have a safe and secure worship environment. Then you must stay situationally aware and you must respect time and distance when you do that. So how do we improve our reactionary gap? Number one, stay balanced. If you know you're dealing with a crisis, especially if the crisis is a person, then you stay balanced. You have a good center of gravity. You get into that good interview stance, uh, if you've ever heard that before, and maintain your balance. You don't want to be off balance. You don't want to have your feet close together. You don't want to have your legs close in a nonchalant way. You want to be prepared for an attack to come. That way it speeds up your OODA loop process. We also want to create barriers between us and the crisis. The barrier, especially if the crisis is a person, we create things that look normal though. We don't want to seem like we're building these bridges between us and the person. We make it seem as normal and natural as possible. Maybe a table, maybe a desk, maybe a chair, something like that. Just make it seem normal. Now your reaction is going to be increased because you increase that time and you increase that distance that you have to be able to react to that person. We also need to understand as a church protector, protector of others, this is a very physical job. Yes, I will give you the fact that the savage wolves and the roaring lions don't always show up. But when they do, we must be physically fit enough to accommodate them and conquer them. I'm going to say that again. You must be physically fit as a church protector, a protector of others, that you can overcome and conquer whatever crisis you are facing. And it may be protracted. It may be long. It may go on for a while. And you have to have good physical fitness to be able to do that. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it goes on to tell us the bodies are temples for the Holy Spirit. Now, not you, but people that I know, they seem to have bigger Holy Spirits than others. 
And in, in verse 20, it tells us we were bought at a price, therefore honor God with our bodies. And church protectors understand that. You're going to have to have some resilience built into you. So if that means getting up off the couch every once in a while, going for a walk and building up your physical fitness because you are charged with the lives of everybody at your church, that you have to be physically fit. When that savage wolf shows up, when those roaring lions show up, then you need to be that person that is physically fit and capable to overcome that. Speaking of capability, if we're improving our reactionary gap, we're improving our capability. So on the day we need it, our ability is there. We will have the ability to overcome, conquer, and crush the enemy when they show up. And then also, last but not least, we prepare for the worst, and we hope for the best. Again, prepare for the worst. We're ready. We're willing to visit violence, hate, and destruction upon someone who wanted to do it to our flock, but we hope for the best possible outcome. That's how we increase our reactionary gap. So at Protectors Toolkit, we, all about, we are all about Christian safety and security made simple, but we are also about a little bit of marriage help. So let me help you out here. How, is, how are we going to determine what our reactionary gap is? That's a good question. So here's how we're going to do that. Wives get with your husbands. Husbands get with your wives. You are now training partners in this. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to start uh, as the protector. You're going to start about three foot apart from your uh, training partner. They're going to be directly in front of you. Your training partner is going to quickly reach up and tap your shoulder. The minute you can start blocking that by moving a little bit further back and a little bit further back, about a foot at a time, that's when you know where your reactionary gap is to that. Okay, now let's change this up just a little bit. I'm gonna say this one more time to make sure you get it. Have your training partner, your wife or your husband stand in front of you, have them quickly reach up and tap your shoulder. You're going to try to block it. When you are successful at blocking it by moving back further and further and further until you're always successful at blocking that attack, that's your reactionary gap. Now let's move this a little bit different. Have your training partner stand to your side about 90 degree angle. You get on your phone and look up Protector's Toolkit or something cool like that, and just pay attention to that and have them swiftly, again, quickly touch your shoulder. Try to block it. Now, same concept, move further and further, create that distance and that time between them, and when you can successfully block that every time, then you know your reactionary gap from that side as well. And then last but not least, because we are all about partnership and all about husbands loving wives here at Protector's Toolkit, take your training partner, slap them on the butt, and give them a squeeze and say, good job. Thank you very much. So once you've done that, you have to understand everything that we talked about now, the OODA loop. We talked about the reactionary gap, and we talked about closing the distance and respecting time and distance. We have time on our side a lot of time. We can close down doors. We can lock down doors. We can pull ourselves away from the adversary or the crisis or get our flock away from that or sequester our flock or lock them down so we cannot be attacked. We have to understand that we respect time and distance, let the professionals show up, let law enforcement show up to deal with those people as far away from our church as possible, creating as much distance as possible. So thank you for joining us tonight. And just to wrap it up, if you're new here, don't forget to go down there and hit that like button. Then make sure you have your settings set so you always get notifications first from Protectors Toolkit Facebook page so you continue to get updates like this. Go over and take a look at the newly re redesigned website protectorstoolkit.com. I think you'll find it nice and streamlined for you over there. And while you're there, join up for a membership. There's no obligation. If you want to get out at a month, get out at a month. I think you'll find though you'll like to stick around. You'll like the content. It will help you build, develop, and lead your teams in safety and security. 
Sharing is caring. Share this far and wide. If you are blessed by this video, please make sure that you share it far and wide and bless somebody else today with this video. I want to remind you, next Wednesday, a special Warrior Wednesday. Next Wednesday, alert, alert. Next Wednesday, a special Warrior Wednesday. My friend, Stephen Williford, the good guy with a gun from Sutherland Springs, busted out of his house, no shoes on, and engaged that clown, that killer, uh, that coward at that church in Sutherland Springs and had a successful outcome because of it. We're going to be sitting down and chatting. I'm so thankful. Uh, we don't get together near as enough, but I'm, I'm glad that we have virtual worlds like this where we can get together. We can share some insight from him, the good guy with the gun, Stephen Williford, and impart it to you, the warriors out there on the front lines. And as always, please, please, please don't forget, keep him safe.